Let's spend a few minutes in prayer this morning together. Let's take our praise to him and express our thanksgiving and then take him our petitions. Will you pray together with me this morning? Father, we praise you for all the blessings you give us day after day. Father, they're endless, and we want to let you know that we don't take them for granted. Father, we depend so much upon you, and we just lift you up. And Father, as we have gathered here today to worship you, may you be given all honor and praise. And Father, we thank you for the answers to prayer. We thank you for being with us through the sickness and tough times that come. We thank you for being a constant source of strength and hope. And Father, we trust you and we worship you and we want to bring to you our needs. Especially, we bring to you those on our heart, those that we're praying for, those that we care about that need to have a closer walk with you. And Father, we know that you hear and answer our prayers. And may we be faithful in coming to you and praising you and sharing with you our thoughts and hopes. Father, we pray that you would bless this service. May it be an honor to you, and may it help us prepare for the week ahead. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. I really value praying together with you. I think prayer is an important part of worship, and I just feel like there is so much power in combining our prayers together. I know we can each individually pray, and we do, and that's great. But there's something special about praying together with God's people and asking him to meet our needs. And I would ask a big favor of you, and that is simply that when you pray for those on your heart and those on your wish list 
that you would include those on mine. Prayer gets results. We've seen it happen in this church. And it will continue to happen if we're faithful. Prayer is an important part of worship for me, and so is praise. And that's often in the form of music, and I appreciate so much the music we have here at Praise Point. I really appreciate how Dwayne considers all of us when he chooses the music. I hear people my age from other churches complain about their music and think to myself, we're blessed because we have music for all ages. And uh, it, it's neat. But I do have to remind myself occasionally when I hear a song that I, that I don't know and and not familiar with, and then I'm reminded that, hey, it's not for me anyway. We're not, we're not the audience. He is. But praise is an important part of worship, and so is the scripture, and we're going to share that in a little bit. But to me, there's another important part of worship. Now, this is not part of the sermon, so you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. You don't have to agree. This is just my opinion. But to me, the friendship component is important, too. And as I think about it, as important as prayer and praise and the Word of God are, Church wouldn't be near as meaningful to me without friends. I really look forward to talking to people that I care about and that are important in my life. And to me, that's a real incentive. To be here every Sunday. And I encourage you, if you haven't been here very long and you don't know everybody, don't feel bad. I don't know everybody either. I used to. I used to know every person that called this church home, but I don't anymore. But we need to work at it a little bit sometimes. Don't be afraid to go up to somebody you haven't met and introduce yourself and find out who they are. And whether you do it in the gym or whether you do it in the foyer or whatever, take time each week to talk to people, to get to know them, to find out what makes them tick. It'll pay off. The rewards are great. Our scripture today, as you can see in the bulletin, 
is from Matthew, the 11th chapter, and we're going to, to read that in a little bit. This was kind of a neat experience this month. Pastor Kettle asked me about a month ago to get a sermon ready. He said, I'll need you either the 5th, 12th, or the 19th, so be prepared. Well, I just finished the series on 1 Peter. Craig reminded me this morning that it took me three years to get it done. But I didn't really feel led to start another series. But almost immediately after I knew I had to prepare a sermon, I found this, or it found me. And after I worked on it for a while, I realized that it wasn't for you, it was for me. Preachers need sermons too once in a while. So if you don't get anything out of it, sorry about your luck. <laughs> oh, and kind of be on your guard. I promised Al Houston that if he dozed off this morning, I'd wake him up. So uh, no extra charge, but uh, I don't like to disappoint. So I don't know when that'll be, but. He's sitting so far back, I'm not sure I'll be able to tell when he goes to sleep or not. But I found this scripture, and I've been preparing it, studying it, thinking about it. And I got up this morning, and, and I thought, well, while I have my coffee, instead of my regular devotions, I'll just review the sermon and make sure it's fresh in my mind. And then I thought, well... I know I can do my devotions later in the day, but I think I'll just look in the daily bread and see what the topic was. The topic for Sunday, October 12, 2014, is Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Isn't that amazing? The odds of that happening by chance, it ain't going to happen. If you want to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 11, we're going to read verses 25 through 30. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be seated. Now, I think this scripture and this verse is important. And it's been a big help to me, and I trust that it will continue to be. But I want to give it to you. I want you to own it. I want you to take it with you, and I want you to be able to use it anytime you need it. So, repeat after me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Once more. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Okay. I don't know about you, but memorizing isn't easy for me anymore. I have to work at it. So we're going to work at this, and we're going to take it with us. Now, you notice in your bulletin there's a place for notes if you want to take any, but you only need three lines, so the rest is just extra. You can draw a picture. Number one, first line. This scripture is an invitation to life. I don't know about you, but I like invitations. Well, usually. <laughs> Last week, Wade and Nancy invited us to go with them to Bowling Green to see Kelsey play volleyball. And that was so neat. Team did great, she did great, and we had a, a really good time. But invitations can often be a real blessing. And Jesus invites us. He says, come to me. He invites us to come to him. He invites us to come for forgiveness and for salvation and for sanctification. You know, it is so important in our journey through this life that we have peace with our God. And that's only possible through Jesus Christ. Forgiveness of sins that allows us to have fellowship with God. And that's an invitation that we're going to have to keep accepting the rest of our lives unfortunately because sin is always going to be a problem in this life but he offers forgiveness and he offers salvation he invites us to accept what he did for us on the cross to give us not only forgiveness, but new life in him. Last week, for the memberships and baptisms, when those young people stood up here and confessed their faith in Christ, 
That was so neat. That was the biggest blessing I've got here all year. But that's the key. That personal relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ. And it always concerns me because I know there's a danger that sometimes people can convince themselves that all they need is a good record, you know? Be a good person, live a good life, come to church, put your money in the offering, do a good deed now and then. But we need more. And Jesus invites us to have life in him. That personal relationship that we need so much. In the verses previously, Jesus talks about little children. You have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. He was talking about the disciples, but he's also talking about us. And he's saying, I'm inviting those who are open to learn and to grow to have new life in me. Some people think they don't need God. Some people think they can handle their affairs just fine. But Jesus said, you who are open to learn and to the truth, I invite you to have life in me. And he says in verse 27, all things have been committed to me by my Father. You know, Jesus has a unique personal relationship with the Father. And he wants to share that relationship with us. And so he said, to whom I choose, I give this knowledge and this relationship and this closeness, this understanding of the Father. And he invites all who are weary and burdened. See that in verse 28? Come to me all who are weary and burdened. I love that word, all. Have you ever been on the outside looking in? It's not fun. I have. You all have at one time or another. Been in a situation where not everybody was treated equally and you were not on top. No fun. Jesus said, all who are weary and burdened. Not just the important people, not just the wealthy people, not just the powerful people, all 
who are weary and burdened. Repeat after me. Come to me. Oh, come on. Let's try it again. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. That's better. We're not getting out of here till you get it right. I want you to take it with you. I want you to repeat it three times a day for seven days. And I want you to keep it forever. Okay? I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to come up to you six weeks from now and say, tell me Matthew 11, 28. Point two. It's an invitation to discipleship. Jesus said, well, no wonder you can say it. They got it up on the screen. That's not fair. Jesus looks at us and he knows where we hurt. He understands us. He knows exactly how we feel. He knows where we hurt and he knows where the pain is coming from and he understands us completely. And he says, come to me. And he invites us to be a part of his mission and his plan. He invites us to service. And that can be a real blessing. You want to prove it? Sincerely reach out to somebody in need with whatever God lays on your heart to do. And see if you don't get a bigger blessing than the one you give. Never fails. You always get back more than you give when you do it for Christ and in sincerity. He calls us to, he invites us to service, he invites us to discipleship. He invites us to use our gifts. And I truly believe that every person who accepts Christ is Savior and has new life in him. Have spiritual gifts. We're all different. We get a lot of different gifts. But we all have them. And we need to use them. Now, some are pretty evident. P. 
people that come up front here and sing and play and whatever are using their gifts. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes gifts. There's a lot of gifts that we never know about. But God knows. And we know. And when you put the gifts of a whole congregation together, then it becomes a complete unit. And we don't all have to do the same things or have the same talents or the same aptitudes, but we are all a part of the whole. The key is that we need to use them. We need to step up and become a part of the plan. There's a there's an abundance of gifts in this congregation. We have more people who can play the piano in this congregation than some churches have in a hundred years. There are churches who have a hard time finding one or two people to play. Last time I counted, we had 11. But we have so many different gifts. For example, there's a gentleman in this congregation who has a gift of witnessing. I don't know whether you've encountered it or not, but he can, he can witness like you and I talk about the weather. It's beautiful. I respect that so much. But he can do it at the drop of a hat without offending you or without making you uncomfortable, but simply presenting the claim of Christ in your life. Wow. That's a great gift. But we all have gifts, and we need to use them. That's a part of Jesus' invitation to discipleship. It's going to have you repeat the verse again, but that's pointless since it's up there. You're still accountable for it, whether we practice it or not. And point three, Jesus gives us an invitation to eternity. Now, when... He says, come to me, and I will give you rest. He's talking about the here and now. And there are times when the most beautiful thing in the world is rest. Sometimes that's what we need more than anything else. Physical and mental and emotional rest. And Jesus can provide it. He wants to provide it. He wants to give us a break. He wants us to 
be able to relax and be refreshed and be renewed and not ground down by the cares of this world. He gives us peace of mind and he gives us strength of spirit and he doesn't remove our problems, he just helps us face them. But beyond that, he gives us the promise of eternal rest. And you know what? We don't do that justice. I have never heard a preacher do justice to the concept of heaven. I don't think we can. We don't, we don't know enough. Our concept of heaven is childish. We, we really don't have a clue. We know what the book says and we read it, but we can't relate to it very well because we've never experienced anything even close to it. You take your very best concept of heaven and you can muster up. Think of, think of the most awesome place that you have ever experienced. Your favorite place in the whole wide world. And multiply that by a million. And you ain't there yet. We don't have a clue. We get some silly notion of choir robes and angels and well, I don't know silly stuff but what God has in store for us is fantastic and there's only one way to, to find out what it's really like kind of reminds me of give you a humble illustration of it got a five-year-old grandson that likes to go to Walmart with Grandpa and Grandma. And the last time we were there, he conned Grandma into a $20 Spider-Man toy. And we talked to him the next day on the phone, and he said, that is the most incredible gift I have ever gotten. That is going to be my favorite toy forever. I don't think so. <laughs> but incredible doesn't even begin to tell the story of what that rest will be like that Jesus has promised us. All I know is you don't want to miss it.